podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Churros, the Tacticas podcast. This is your host, Kian Sobani, joined by my co-host, Diego Lorin, on a Tuesday for our listeners. And, uh, you know, I just look, not to get ahead of myself at all. That's why I didn't roll the R's. I could have rolled the R's farther because Barcelona lost to Almeria, but it would be a wasted breath in a league that's already lost. So I'm not going to get my hopes up there at all. We got a lot of time for one of us to roll the R's because we got three Classicos coming up. We got our first of the three on Thursday. And I'd like to welcome Diego to the show. And I want to ask him, Diego, what's the mood like? How are you guys feeling about this one on Thursday? You guys feeling confident? It's a good question. How would I describe the mood? I would probably describe it as cautious. What used to be cautiously optimistic, I think the last time we spoke about this, Kian, at least per- from a personal perspective, now I'm just kind of cautious. Uh, certainly not. Uh, we've had a dip. There's a, we're, we're not peaking as we were, say, during the Spanish Supercopa times where we were, you know, undefeated for 18-plus game. We had a chance to go, at this point, 20-plus games undefeated. But um, that's in the league, of course. Something that hasn't been achieved. And in fact, achieved the highest point tally in the history of Barca. Can you imagine? This could have been the best Barca in terms of point tally at this point in the season in the history. Uh, that's pretty crazy. It wasn't achieved. Um, but you think of the teams like, you know, the Peps, the, the, the Graves, the Dream teams, the, the Rijkaard's teams, Luis Enrique's teams, Tito's yeah. teams. Uh, and to think that Xavi is keeping the pace with those guys, it kind of mm-hmm. puts this moment in perspective, meaning like, look, we lost now against Almeria. We're coming off a loss and elimination, uh, at the hands of Manchester United. Um, we have the Copa clash coming up against, uh, our most fierce rival, historic rival. It's another Clásico. It's another chapter in the book of Clásicos. And that's always special. And you need to be your best. Right now, we're not coming in swinging. We're coming in uh, after two definitely disappointing and painful de- painful defeats. Um, so what better stage to bounce back on or from than a Clásico in the semifinal of the Copa del Rey? But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's the mood is cautious. I would say, I guess, Kian. Isn't it interesting how the results, like you mentioned, all those potential record-breaking numbers that could have happened? Isn't it interesting how results can be so good for so long, but then all of a sudden, one little tweak, something happens. It's almost like sometimes mm. the train, if it's not on the tracks perfectly, if it just something goes to the side, that's all it takes that can, for it to be derailed. I'm not saying the season is derailed. I, I still think you guys will win La Liga, but I'm saying it's like, it's interesting that like, okay, you get, you, you have a loss against Manchester United elimination. Then you lose against Almeria. Then you have injuries and it's just all sometimes it's just bang, bang, bang. I mean, this is in, in some way, Reminds me of Real Madrid 2015, where we had a record-breaking run under Ancelotti, and then we just had injuries, and then everything fell apart at the end. 
So it's in, like, I know you can only use certain words. You use the word cautious for this one because it's the free podcast. But I certainly would say there was <laughs> there's a twist in the morale from the Super Cup final, which feels like a long time ago now. I, I think I mentioned that, right? It's definitely like we were peaking then and we're, we're on a... We're dumping at the moment. We're 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 experiencing a crash in form. From jerking to dumping. There's n- from jerking to a different jerking. Yeah. Well, still jerking, but jerking <coughs> for different reasons. Um, the, the people who did not listen to that podcast that we're um, <laughs> referencing right now have no idea right. what's going on. Why are we should explain? There's an inside joke. We don't know. We're not going to explain. It. It's just an inside joke that you should have been listening to all the podcasts. It's an inside joke. It's nothing dirty though, so that needs to be emphasized. But listen, uh, isn't it funny though that with these results, or I suppose you know it's it's correlated and one affects the other. It's a, you mentioned uh, or we discussed rather Levy's form of late, and that since the World Cup, you know, it's been we've had a a before and after at the moment, definitely. Robert Lewandowski's lack of goal scoring ability uh, or luck in front of goal is affecting a team that is having massive absences. You know, three of their four best players are injured in Dembele, Pedri, obviously Gabi being back. Um, but the, the team is experiencing, you know, bang ups uh, from Araujo to, well, Busquets, who's now recently been back as well. Um, so all that. Put together, obviously, Ansu now as well. It uh, it puts a lot of emphasis on the players that are fit. Um, Xavi's having to resort to players from the under-19s team to, to uh, obviously put in performances as well. In the case of Angel Aracón, I don't know if you've noticed it, Kian, but he's one of those players that is definitely an up-and-coming player and one that you'll be... Uh, well, you'll <clears throat> learn his name because I have no doubt that his future is bright with the Barca first team. Uh, and we saw some bright minutes from him. But, uh, uh, you know, I guess right now the discussion or the question is, and I would like to have your opinion on that, is are Barca experiencing this batch because of reasons I just mentioned, mentioned the injuries? Or is this a football problem? This, in other words, more on Chavi than on the players. Where, where, you know, would you place the majority of this uh, batch that Barca is going through? Where, where would you put the majority of the blame? Okay, so I, I don't, I don't think you blame one single place here. I think there's distribution that can go around. And again, blame what blame in some a lot of people interpret the word blame as harsh because you're still leading the league. And in my opinion, quite comfortably. Like, yeah, sure, maybe like the morale in the last few games is not what it was in December or even January. But but every single team, generally speaking, goes through a rough patch in the season. And so this might be yours before you just eventually win the La Liga anyway, and may still win Copa del Rey. So, so to to talk about blame when Xavi has an amazing uh, record in terms of results and all this stuff is this could be just a very temporary conversation we're having. But if we're talking about some of the larger issues that are, you know, like this also falls in a period of the season 
behind losing to Manchester United, where the Manchester United two legs were problems that you guys have had against Bayern and Inter and Real Madrid in the past 12 months or so. And even under Xavi. And I think those problems are not new and they're not going to go away. And I, I actually rewatched the Manchester United game uh, yesterday. Something I was doing while I was flying uh, because I was writing about it and I actually wrote about it today. It's on Managing Madrid. And I was just kind of looking at how Manchester United exploited some of your defense and noted how you guys have such an imp- Everyone's talking about your great defense, rightfully so, but the reality is that it's totally different. Like the defense almost gets erased against these big teams. And we have to, we have to address that and how Ramdrick can, I, I think should make Barcelona feel much more uncomfortable this time, because one of the biggest mistakes in the super cup final was that Ramdrick just sat back and let you guys basically all lay your way up the pitch. And I think that was a huge mistake. You have to make the <coughs> Barca team much more uncomfortable on the ball. You have to press them. Uh, then there's the issue of you have like, to compete for possession, basically. I think so. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, so is that what you're expecting from Angelotti? I mean, that if you're not seeing that, you'll be disappointed with Carlos' game plan and his sure. approach. For sure, I would be. Um, now, I think what what do I expect? I don't know necessarily what I'd expect. I'm actually pretty optimistic going into this classical, but I do think based on what we've seen in the past month from Real Madrid, based on the way they took the game to opponents like Liverpool um, and just the way that they've kind of been bringing the line higher, they've been more so in the past few games benching one of Modric and Cruz and going with younger lineups that can press and have higher energy. I would expect Real Madrid to, to make Barca a little bit more uncomfortable than they did in the Super Cup final. And then, and then it is a bit of a wounded animal despite being first in the league, just in the sense they have the Manchester United and the Almeria loss. And, yeah, um, and, there's and no denying that. I was, I came across this stat, uh, today. Barca's record with Pedri in the lineup is nearly flawless. And without Pedri in the lineup, it drops <laughs> to like a 57% win rate or something like that. So Pedri is so important. We have to address the fact that without Pedri, the midfield is different, right? So that's another aspect. of It's it. more vulnerable. It's it's a different midfield. It's a, a midf- not as good as a midfield. I mean, uh, a midfield with or without Pedri at this point in time is just uh, it's not the sa- not of the same caliber, not the same quality. And you can argue, say, well, you know, Gavi, Busquets, and Frankie, or uh, and that's despite the fact, as I mentioned, Busquets is coming back from from his um, injury spell, and. But Pedri is Pedri. He's a quality, you know, just so important right now. A quality football player that, again, I, I'll, I'll repeat it. Top ten football player, hands down, right now. Um, he will be absent, as will Usman Dembele, and as will Robert Lewandowski. You're talking about a wounded animal. I would say that's an understatement. There's a a line approaching where three of his four legs are basically n- not there. We're, we're stumbling into the Bernabeu for the first leg in the Copa del Rey semifinal with a severely weakened team. And there's no knock on the subs, but it is realizing being, you know, the, 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 the reality and giving recognition to the obvious. Uh, 
and that is we're coming in hurt. <laughs> we're missing our best players, and it's a bummer. Um, so the obvious advantage at this point, for so many reasons, it's 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 a home game. Madrid uh, is a team that if they smell blood, they pounce on it. I've been showing that time and time again and repeated to do so. Um, so, uh, yeah, not feeling optimistic at this point, man, at all. When I say cautious, maybe I was uh, giving an understatement there. Well, who was, um, can you give us like the official update on Araujo and, I mean, Pedro, we know is out, out. Is, but Lewandowski, yeah. is he for sure out? Wasn't he, didn't he have a chance? I, I The official statement is not for sure. Yeah. Unofficially, it's for sure. Okay. And, and Araujo? We should edit that out. <laughs> that's not something that I would have put on on Barca news. That's for sure. This this afternoon. I gotta uh, edit. Oh, man. No, fine, don't. But uh, just don't take it as official. I shouldn't have said it. Uh, well, because it's not, and that's the truth. It is not official. Okay, and uh, what Araujo's not official. Okay. Yeah, so he's knocked up. He's banged up. He has. He's banged up. Like I don't. I don't think he was uh, at practice this morning. Hold on. I I need to confirm that. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, from and this is kind of maybe it gets a little bit dangerous because I actually don't love it when Real Madrid are a little bit of a favorite heading into a game like this. I don't. I don't like that for us. I like us to be the chippy underdog. But Rodrigo is also back in training. That's a huge boost for us. To be, to you know, just to give him those important minutes in a game like this instead of someone like Asensio, so that that's huge for us as well. Um, yeah, I get it's just kind of different energies than it was a couple months ago, which is which is good. We yeah, talked. I, about- I mean, you guys are uh, this. The scale is tipping in your favor heavily. Obviously, uh, there's no denying. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, don't love if, it. If if Carlo Angelotti listens to this podcast, which we know he does, and yeah. that is official. For sure he does. Um, he would do good to listen to you and take an approach where he's like, look, I need to play these guys, the tu a tu, as they say here, from you and you. <laughs> In other words, play them play their same game, you know, don't back down, don't take a shy approach, instead be in their faces uh, and try to compete for possession and um, hurt them because this eliminatoria, right, this knockout round could be taken care of or at least have a massive advantage already since it's over two legs at home in uh, in Madrid, right? Um you walk into the the Camino with a two, and when I say pounds, I mean like a three goal cushion. It's a very big, you know, uh, hill to climb, mountain to climb for Barca to come back from something like that. So it's, it's it's this is a big one. This is a big chance to you know basically put one foot in the final. Yeah, we'll see. You guys got the second leg at the Camp Nou, and that's an advantage, and things can change until then. And like I said, I, it's very possible all three, all three of these Classicos could be widely different. And uh, I do wonder, when the League Classico rolls around, um, that's in April, right? The League one? 
Is in April, yes. No, 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 no. It yes, it, no. It's in March. It's an end of March. At the end of March. Yeah, you're right. March nineteenth. Um, and then the, the second, the second leg is in April of the of the Copa. I do wonder what the league table looks like by March nineteenth. There's, well, there's actually, you know what? I think it's. I was going. I was going in my mind for some reason. I thought, you know, maybe that's so far down the road that Real Madrid, the league will be so over at that point. But it's a weird. Weird place that there's only two league games from now until then because we got Copa and then there's two league games and then Champions League and then Barca. So, what will change by then? You know, if Real Madrid win that Clásico at the Camp Nou, they might feel decent about their chances of somehow coming back and clawing their way into the race if it, they can cut it to four. Um, so they, anyways, uh, where I was going with this is that maybe they, they rest some players in that classical. They don't play their full strength 11, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to, they're, they're going to play their full strength 11, which is weird because it's four days after Liverpool. Um, it's a tough schedule, but you got, this is the thing you guys, you can listen, man. I'm telling you right now, Diego, if you guys mess this up and don't win the league, shame on you. No, no Europa League to worry about. No Champions League. Just focusing on all these league games and and playing your best to yeah. win. But it does beg the question. Let's see how much you guys miss your best players. Because remember we said you know like after that after Pedri and Gavi missed the Manchester United game and some and and also Pedri missed most of the first leg too. There was a lot of excuses like oh we we didn't have our players and stuff well. What are you going to do? You guys have all this depth. You guys have been singing the praises of the Kunde signing and the Christensen signing to make up for that Ojo's absence. Eric Garcia was this guy who was supposed to help. Oh, they've been phenomenal. Well, Eric Garcia needs to step up. Garcia needs to. Kunde needs to be better too, in my opinion. Kunde's had a lot of. Kunde's been solid, man. Yeah, but he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, he makes a lot of mistakes. Makes a lot of mistakes. Like what? What's a mistake? What does that mean? Well, well, look at the Manchester United game, the one that I had to rewatch on the plane yesterday. It was um, a lot of Kunde, Kunde brain farts. Okay, well, let, let me, instead of bringing up examples, I'll just say, just keep your eyes peeled on Thursday. If something happens back there, I think it's Kunde is going to be, Kunde is going to have to raise his hand and apologize. Book it. You heard it here first. If something happens on Thursday, it's Kunde's fault. All right. Well, uh, it seems that this podcast for so far uh, has been good for one thing, making me more depressed and lifting your spirits. Look at you talking all this shit now. Jesus Christ. I didn't watch the Almeria game. I chose to just hang out in Madrid instead. Did I make the right decision? Yeah, it wasn't a great game. Hmm. What went wrong? Can I hear it from you? Feels like ages ago, Kian. Uh, what went wrong? I feel like um, I almost feel bad saying this. Well, I mean, I do feel bad saying this, but it reminded me at some point uh, a little bit like we were reverting back to the. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Fine, I'll just say it. To the Kumon strategy of kind of just launching crosses at some point. Um, and you know, once you start seeing that a little bit too much, that uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a 
you're going a la desesperada, right? A bit of desperation or a lot of it sets in where, you know, you see Ronald Araujo being kind of the go-to point. And, and that's not to say he doesn't have good goal-scoring abilities, and he definitely does. And, and I mean, like many defenders, Gerard Piquet comes to mind, Sergio Ramos in the case of, of Madrid, uh, were great options offensively. And um, to score goals, it's just that I understand that it's still very difficult for this team, especially without their best players uh, or those being in top form, to find ways to break down teams that just defend in very, very low block as as a unit. You know, it is very difficult for uh, Barca to find opportunities and ways to generate yeah, uh, g- good goal-scoring opportunities in those types of situations. Uh, you can call it a plan B or, or whatever it might be. I mean, we've had si- several similar criticisms uh, of this nature uh, about coaches in the past. And uh, I understand that it's a difficult, you know, more difficult thing to do uh, or to say rather than to do. And... Um, that makes it just an unattractive game of football at some point <clears throat> when then the crosses start being launched and yeah, you get, uh, you know, you're trying to get a goal just for the sake of drawing a match and, and, and scraping a point away because you found yourself down one nil and now you're playing against, you know, 11 shirts in a box, an 18 yard box that are on very disciplined and, and, and they're just, um, uh, you know, that's it. I mean, it, it's it's not a tra- It's not fun to watch. Definitely not. And if in the end you can't even get a goal out, and instead lose three points uh, and missed opportunity to you know uh, capitalize on the fact that in the Madrid derby game ended uh, in a one-one draw. What's it, Joya has entered the chat. The TV's not working. Ah. You want to help you with the TV. I understand because Mama just to pick up Lorenzo from basketball, right? That's why you're coming upstairs. My name can me. You know what? Can hey, you? Go do you want, I can. Fill uh, I can fill in. Go, go do the. Can TV you? Thing. Okay. Yeah, thanks. yeah. I got some stuff right. to say. Right. Um, you know, like thanks. so, all this conversation with Diego so far has been a lot of, you know. I got to catch myself in, in some way because I think it's been a little bit too much. Oh, Real Madrid are going to beat Barcelona now, and the reality is that you know it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily going to go in that direction, and, and possibly far from it. And we have to remember that Real Madrid are not coming in this absolutely flying. I mean, it is if you were just coming off the Liverpool win, but you just did come off a game against Atletico where you did struggle to break down their defense and. You also made some poor decisions, and you still can't defend set pieces. Uh, so there's a variety of things that Real Madrid need to improve on from that Derby game too. And you know, we did that post game podcast, as I'm sure you guys have listened to it by now. If you're a Real Madrid fan, and I think there were a lot of things that could be criticized, but then that I guess that begs the question: Is that are Real Madrid really the team that would let a Derby like that affect their morale? Because I don't think they were in it as locked in as they should have. And this was, it's, it's actually a criticism. It's not something to, to justify how they performed. Ancelotti himself said they needed more intensity. 
in that first half, especially. And, you know, I, I suppose the counter to all that is this is a different competition now. It's a Copa. It's not a league that you're behind in. Um, and maybe you're just going to be locked in differently mentally. What I am very curious to see is that how Real did juggle these upcoming games in terms of their full strength 11. I suppose a lot of it will just come down to who's available. You know, Alaba's still not back. Roland Mendy's not back. So some of that kind of chooses itself. But the midfield is all available. Who will start in midfield? That will dictate how Real Madrid play as well. Diego, Diego's back. Oh, Diego, I was just mentioning that basically too much of the podcast has been about how Barca are not good and Real Madrid are good. And we have to remember the fact that Real Madrid are coming off a derby performance that wasn't great. So it's not that they're completely flying right now either. And we have, I just, yeah, I just, it, wanted, it's, I just you, wanted to catch myself from going mm-hmm. too overboard with this narrative. But it's a derby. You can, you know, they can play out like that. If anything, it was good to get a point out of it. Uh, and getting a point out of a Madrid derby against, you know, the third best team in, in the Spanish league is, is nothing, is no shame. With all respects to Real Sociedad, etc., I should have said maybe third biggest team, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, all derbies are like this, and that was my. Yeah. That's something that I mentioned in the post game podcast of that game is that every single derby at the Bernabeu is a boring one-one that Real Madrid don't really it play is. well in it. Atletico defends well, and uh, again, it's not an excuse. It's I'm not justifying. It's just uh, maybe I'm just desensitized to how those derbies at the Bernabeu go, but. I, like a lot of people said, oh, if we hadn't known that Barcelona were going to lose to Almeria, we would have played harder. I don't think that's true. I, because like I swear every time, no. every time we know that Barca drop points, we somehow drop points too anyway. So I just, I, it's, it's possible it could have been worse than 1-1 for us had we known that Barca slipped. Maybe it's actually to our advantage. But is this what happened this weekend? Because again, like I don't think any Real Madrid fan after dropping two points against Atleti, expected to actually gain ground on Barca with that result after this weekend. I don't think anyone expected that. Does yeah. this does this does it enter your mind at all that there's a chance, or or is it over? Still, a chance that we can let the league slip away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I never, I never, you know, despite the odds, I never felt like the league was won. I'm, I'm. My state, my animo, my mood was cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, the fact that it ne- it has never been done in history doesn't mean it can't happen. Uh, so, you know, hope for the best, fear for the worst. It's not what it's not over till the fat lady sings. That's that's the truth. And um, or in Madrid's case, it's not over until Madrid score. You know. Just keep on putting that extra time. Pack it up. No, I'm joking. But what I wanted to kind of switch the conversation towards, another thing that I've been over the course of the day been wondering what would Kian have to say about this, mm-hmm. seeing as we've been very vocal in uh, obviously condemning the uh, racist abuse that has been thrown Vinny's, Vinny's way this morning. It was uh, Alaba that it was, was on the receiving end of classic social media fucking bullshittery. I don't even know how to classify it. Disgusting behavior, 
and insults, racist insults being thrown his way, but by Madridistas. At some point, the hashtag Alaba out was trending. Um, the fuck's going on? What, what, uh, what, the, 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 it was so the guy had to come out and actually ex- give it his explanation. Sorry, for those that don't know, to put context to this, this was because it had come to light that Alaba and the Austrian team, I've gathered, voted for Messi winning the FIFA the best award and Madridismo shat their pants, lost their shit, and felt that it was right to uh, start insulting the man for his choice and racially abusing him as well, a lot. Higo, what can I say? Like, I, I don't know what to say other than it's just a shameful... It's just a shameful part of society that... Like, what... what no, no, can sorry. Be- Sorry, Kian. Obviously, you condemn racism. My question wasn't so. I should phrase it better, framed it better. The racism aside, what did you make of his choice? Do you do you find? Uh, were you one of those Madridistas that was outraged with his choice of Messi over Benzema? Even he put uh, Karim in second. Obviously, sorry, the racism. Yes, we we. <laughs> it was more to highlight the the how crazy Madridismo went to the extremes that they went to insult this guy for his choice. Well, but again, but my understanding is that this was a collective choice and not his personal choice, right? Well, but, I mean, I guess he chose as captain of the Austrian team, so it goes well, under think, his name, think, doesn't I, it? From what I understand, he collectively everyone says it and then he collectively basically transmits what the national team feels and respects basically again okay but 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 either way like so in my opinion uh i don't think i don't think messi deserved to win that um but okay you prefer to go downstairs sorry no it's okay you want to go downstairs oh no okay fine watch out did did she get her tv to work no. the tv downstairs is a mess it's kind of like my That's headphones like cable it. now like the, the cable yeah the cable is is shitty it doesn't connect well and then it goes it glitches goes on and off so like look i don't think i don't think um i don't think messi should have won that award that's my opinion but that obviously is irrelevant to how the to, to, to how the award is given out and it's voted on and everyone is everyone does their vote and that's how we won. I do think there's a lot of flaws with this entire award, which is a, maybe a different conversation altogether. It could take up an entire podcast, and, but I don't really know that they deserve that kind of conversation. I think if Alaba had that personal choice which I don't know if he would have actually had that personal choice if it was just his one single vote. Uh, I think it is pretty strange from a PR standpoint to vote for someone who's not in your team. But even if that was the case, let's say quote-unquote worst-case scenario, he truly believes Messi should have won the award and, and wanted to vote for him, there's nothing wrong with that. Who cares? Like So, so to me, this was an, it's a non-story. It's a story that should not have been a story. And then it became a story, and then a bunch of racist assholes came out, and that's where we are. And I hate it. I I wish, I wish there was a way, Diego, to systematically 
punish racists on Twitter or any social media platform who hide behind anonymous profiles. If it were up to me, you have to, to be on social media, you have to have a verifiable identity to join. You can't join anonymously. That's how I would do it. You have to join anonymously. You can, jo- you can have an anonymous name. Sure, public can't know you, but in the back end, like your ID you has to be, be attached verified. to it. And then when there's a racist comment, the police have the ability to go in and see who it was and then and then actually punish that person in real life. I think that would clean up a lot of the mess we see online if we had that accountability. That's what I, what I would do. It's insane how I, I don't understand it. I don't understand if they're kids or if they're just adults who are completely brain dead and are operating at a subconscious level and are just completely I don't even know what the word is, but they're just brain dead, basically operating on this earth to, to behave like that. And then actually talk to some, another human being like that, that's got to be held accountable somehow. It's idiocy. I wish there was a way mm. to systematically punish these people. And I, again, a yeah. non-story in my opinion, everyone has their opinion. Some Madhavistas are outraged about it. It's not me. But if, if that were, if this, this non-story became a story and then all of a sudden it became a, an issue of racism, which is insane to me. How did this happen? How does any of this happen? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's crazy how it, I think you described it well, the way it kind of just started as nothing and then became something and then became actually something that was very, very ugly. And again, illustrates and highlights sort of how we are as a society we get together and the mob starts taking over and they feel that it's in their, they're in their right just to talk to anybody in any sort of way. Uh, yeah. uh, it's sad, man. It's very sad. It's disgusting. Uh, I don't know how to fix these awards necessarily because the problem. What? Fix what? as in who, the, the, who the prize always going to the quote unquote deserved the winner is that what you mean by fixing or so let me just list off some of the problems i have the first thing is that who who like this is thing that no one will ever agree on who should be the authoritative voice to decide who wins you know what i mean should it be Mm -hmm. journalists should it be fans should it be coaches should it be captains because ultimately everyone will have a not everyone but there will be a a pretty biased vote somewhere like so so that's like for for that's one is like who how do we decide who is the authoritative voice somehow we have to find the most unbiased people possible to come up with um uh an objective choice that looks at a combination of trophies performance analytics that's one thing here's another example uh you and just you and tweeted yesterday that spain's coach Luis Lafuente voted for Julian Alvarez as the player of the year. Like, what? <laughs> like, what is what are, we, what are you talking okay. about? Like, how does that even get a? How are does you that serious? Vote count? You know what I mean? Um, so that's that. crazy. Um, and so... then and then there's the idea of like I don't really know. Like, if you look at the 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 World Eleven, which is actually voted differently than the actual player of the year. Because, for example, Courtois was in the 11, but then Emiliano Martinez won the, the goalkeeper of the year. And it's voted differently. 
um, when I went and checked to see how it's done. The team of the year is a 3-3-4, which is, to me, very disrespectful to defenders. It's like we have to, like, we just basically pretend that the defenders don't exist and we disrespect them because we have to shoehorn all the attackers in. I would like it so that it's like, no, like actual get like a traditional 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3 or whatever. Respect the center backs and the wing backs. The, the other, I mean, the other main problem with this is, and again, I'm not going to, it's, it's just part of the problem is that how can Vinicius not make the shortlist of players, but Cristiano Ronaldo does. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues like that, that again, but this is, that's an opinion. I believe it's true, but how do we decide who is the guy with the voice of reason? You know what I mean? And, and I think that's, that's kind of difficult to do. I blabbered here a little bit. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? No, it's just I'm kind of wondering, so what else has to be fixed? As in, and do you feel that Messi was the deserved winner? I'm guessing you don't this year. I, I don't. I mean, he only had the World Cup. He didn't do anything else. And that, that's my... So then we're going to talk about like, okay, like how much do you value the World Cup? Obviously, the, value, the World Cup should be valued highly. But it just seemed like that that was the only thing that was valued because Martinez was not the best goalkeeper in, in that year. And, this, and, and also, like, it kind of comes down to margins. What happens, let me give you a scenario. What happens if Kolo Muani scores his breakaway before the penalty shootout in the World Cup? All of a sudden, Messi's not the best player anymore, Mbappe is? Yeah. Oh, that's... that's, that's... That's valid. But look, it, it comes down to the criteria. They're the same for what we criticize referees on the field or we've been criticizing these type of um, award ceremonies for is that criteria changes as, yeah. you know, as, as sort of the narrative sees fit. It, it kind of depends what the narrative that season is. You know, I know there's been a fun, a bunch of funny ass tweets going around. Casillas having his say and then getting his ass handed to him with one of the replies that uh, he said there are some things in football that I that I simply cannot explain something along those lines about the awards or that that are something yeah he doesn't mention the awards but it's a clear reference towards uh, the uh, FIFA the best awards and uh, the funny thing about that tweet and and it got the reply I think got more retweets and likes than the actual tweet themselves because this guy pointed out that um, – so I'm trying to pull it up so I want to do justice to it. But uh, as my computer usually does, as soon as I ask it to do multiple things, it starts fucking shitting itself and glitching all over the place. I swear to God, Kian. Look well, at this. Hey, this maybe isn't, it's quicker like, if I do it. I'll, I'll just bring up Casillas' Twitter. Okay. Um, but um, so yeah, so ju- just to to drill down, drill home the point I was trying to make before, the criteria changes according to whatever narrative seems to be hot, whether it's the World Cup, whether it's Champions Leagues, or the amount of goals scored in a year. Uh, here, yo hay cosas que no entiendo de esto de los premios de fútbol. So, yeah, he's like, uh, there are some things that I don't understand when it comes to these prizes in football. And then this guy, 
wrote his name is Advi El Padre de Casillas. <laughs> I don't know. Some guy that calls himself Casillas' dad. I'm sure he changes the name after me... the tweet because he realized he got a lot of retweets <laughs> order. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, let me see if I can translate this on a go. So he says, in 2011, the year in which Barca swept the league and the Champions League and Messi scored 59 goals, you voted for Ozil ahead of Leo Messi. <laughs> and you vo- <laughs> and you voted Villa, uh, uh, Villaboas ahead of Guardiola. Uh-huh. And he says, tapate hijo, like, you know, go and cover yourself up, son. Uh, let's see if your president uh, is going to be right about what he called you in his audio tapes, <laughs> a puppet. <laughs> That's, uh, I, was ex- I wasn't expecting a reply. I was expecting him to say something about, you know, Messi is the best for him, but that's a, that's a great reply. It's a valid point. It's a valid point. Uh, but, but, yeah. but, but, Casillas was a Real Madrid player that year. Oh wait, why didn't why didn't he vote Ronaldo? Was that the year Ronaldo got injured? There was a year when I don't Ronaldo know, 2011. Injury, I think I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, but it wasn't. But that's strange that he voted Ozil and not like another Real Madrid player. Anyways, but 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 that that is kind of like that part of it is a bit of the pressure of if you're a Real Madrid player, you vote for Real Madrid player. If you're a Barcelona player, you vote for Barcelona player. This kind of goes back to the you know. In some part, but, yeah, I guess, but then, mm. yeah, but then you should be free, like you just said, free to vote who you you know want to vote for, and Araba was free in his right to vote for Messi. By the way, yeah. uh, moving on to the next topic, I have what a topic I do want to point out, and I do want to also bring up, but yeah, but just because we have eight minutes, if you go first. No, I, I put out tweet, uh, and I don't usually put out tweets or virtual signal, uh, mm-hmm. virtue signal, excuse me, or, or tweet in other languages other than Eng- English. But I felt like I should I had to tweet out this morning the fact that the only newspaper, Catalan, it's a Catalan newspaper, the only newspaper in Spain out of the big four, As Marca Muno Deportivo en Sport, it was Lesportivo. That dedicated its front page to the only and first time back to back winner of the FIFA the best award. Sorry, I should say female player uh to have won the back to back award. And you know, still the first only Spanish player to uh to be smashing records. I mean it's now back to back uh Ballon Ballones de Oro, FIFA awards, the UEFA uh, best player of the tournament awards. Uh, Alexia Putellas, despite the fact that she's been injured and off the field for, for too long, hopefully she will come back soon. She's still, uh, you know, killing it out there uh, and getting recognition for a fantastic season last season where she nearly won it all with with uh, team and individually scored 34 goals in, in 43 games. But, um, yeah, just a fantastic football player that um, the press – the Spanish press is not giving enough Spanish and Catalan press is not giving enough uh, uh, attention and credit to. It was a failed opportunity, I feel, to put her on the front page. Instead, Sport talked about Lewandowski's injury and dedicated the little 
bit above to her. And Messi Muna Deportivo was the closest. They split their front page between uh, Putillas and Messi and just said the best. But then As and, and Marca, you know, they were uh, As, their front page was Marcos Alonso and some bullshit interview about his uh, upcoming season with Aston Martin. And um, Marca was Leo Messi, if I remember correct. So it's a shame because, you know, this is a Spanish player. Had it been obviously one of the, the male players of the Spanish team, that player would have been splashed all over the front page, not to say Karim Benzema or, um, yeah, failed uh, opportunity for, for both Catalan and Spanish press. Great point. And I think, so there's a couple things on this. One is that there was some confusion because a lot of people were upset that she won it because she didn't play. But to clarify, the women's award she, was for the previous season, and that's why. Yes. That's one to the point yes. just to clarify that. So it was a deserved winner. And the other thing is, um, unfortunately, people look at clicks, and what gets more clicks is it Puteas or you know, something else, but I agree with you. It's a missed opportunity to, I think, send a great message and, and also put out, uh, put out something important for, I, I agree with you on this hundred percent. I wanted to bring to your attention something very quickly. I don't know if you saw this on social media, but on Twitter, something went viral and it was some random guy's tweet about the English Premier League's all-time 11 is by far the greatest and no leagues would even come close to it. And I just wanted to say, I just wanted to bring, I just want to bring this message in case anyone who actually believes this is somehow true. La Liga's third team would comfortably beat the Premier League's first team. <laughs> and I quickly, like without even thinking, like without even doing any research or thinking, I put together quickly three teams that would easily beat any Premier League team. And that's like, and I admitted right. like a million La Liga players. So I'll just list them off. And by the way, the point of this exercise is not like for, to argue like who was better, you know, Modric or Xavi or Iniesta or Cruz or uh, whoever, whoever, like I, that's not the point of this exercise. I don't care if you disagree with you. The point is that all three of these teams would beat the Premier League. So whether you think that someone on team three should be on team one, it's not the point. You're right to think that if you want, but this is quickly off the top of my head, three teams. Team one, Casillas, Ramos, Koeman, Alves, Roberto Carlos, Busquets, Moritz, Xavi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo Nazario. Team two, Courtois, Hierro, Sanchez, Carvajal, Marcelo, Redondo, Iniesta, Zidane, Di Stefano, Johan Cruyff, Luis Suarez. Team three, Ter Stegen, Gerard Piquet, Carlos Puyol, Chendo Camacho, Casemiro, Xabi Alonso, Tony Cruz, Ronaldinho, Diego Maradona, Karim Benzema. And I like I I literally omitted people like Kobala, Fento, Raul Figo, Laudrup, Romario. Like I didn't and you barely thought about this. It's not close. The, the only league that would actually put up a fight is Serie A, actually. Serie A has an amazing yeah. level. They do, they do, they do. I needed to get yeah. that off my chest. I made my blood boil. These kids nice. have no idea what they're talking about. Good, good. You should uh, cut this in a clip and then tweet it at the guy. Or just put it out there. That guy doesn't deserve a reply. Hey, by me. the way, Angelo. Angelo, Angelo. Angelo is not getting in touch with me. I need Angelo's deeds. 
Angelo is either not watching the podcast all the way through, or I don't know. I need to get in touch with you, my friend. Well, maybe we should get in touch with him instead of just announcing on the podcast and hope he's listening. <laughs> well, I've been. I, I felt like I've asked you for his details, but you're not sharing it with me. You don't want to share Angelo. I don't with think me. that's true. No, I'll do it literally right now. <laughs> I'll do it right now. Uh, I got. I got to log off, bro. Uh, yeah, okay. good chatting. So you and I will be back. Uh, yes. Is it on Friday? Friday. Yes, sir. Day after Classico. Okay, wait. Uh-huh. So well, I need to. I need to talk to you off air about it. Actually. All right. Either way, that's Patreon edition. If you want, uh, one yes. of our one of our salty thoughts after the Classico. One of us will be salty. Patreon.com/slash/churros y tácticas. That's where you'll. That's where you'll find it. Diego, thanks, my man. It was a pleasure. Chat soon. Thanks, dude. Yep. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.